What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend and fellow planter-in-arms, Matt Hess. And you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. So whether you're a lead church planter or you're on a church planting team or you're just a fan of church planting, then this podcast is for those of you who want to get in the trenches and proclaim the kingdom of God. How's it going, Matt? It's going well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Awesome. I'm doing good. Is that all you had? That's it. <laughs> I was I was li- looking at my phone, oh, making sure distracted. you said it. Oh, okay. and I you're turned distracted. and I turned over and uh, I was staring at you. Yeah, and you were staring at me quietly. Yes, a little, well, little, little, little creepy. Well, I mean, I was just expecting a little bit more than I'm doing good. But usually, you have more to say. <laughs> I usually do. Than that, yeah, so. I don't know, man. Just, just, um, you know, not a lot to say there. Yeah, not a lot to say. It's kind of hard because whenever we. So for those of our listeners that aren't aware, we usually record two episodes. No, they're live, fresh, every week. Mm, they're not live. No, they're so not. So we record two episodes at once. So this is the second episode we've recorded today, yeah. back to back, and we've kind of gotten all the chit chat out of the way. Yeah. And so we're so, kind of like, what else do we talk about? What else, what else do we say? <laughs> we don't even yeah. know. It's kind of so it's kind of weird, like, you know, hey, how are you doing today, Matt? Because I already asked you that like an yeah. hour ago. I already yeah. know how you're doing. Yeah, I always have a good cadence story. Our little three-year-old oh, yeah. cadence. Yeah, tell us a cadence. Story. We were at this. We were at the All City Gathering on Tuesday, where Jared shared a really powerful devotion with us. It was it was great. Um, I had several people tell me what a good job you did. But um, it, so this is really great. It used to just be for the planners, but now we're trying to do it more family oriented. Mm-hmm. And so the wives are coming, and the kids are coming, and um, so we have a room next door to the room, and um, so the so the 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 kids were over there and and so it's obviously nice for erica it's like four hours without our kids you know and so it was like from 10 to 2 and um some really sweet people that volunteered uh and apparently like cadence was bullying some of the uh, babysitters the babysitters the child care workers yes really? yeah like she was um there is this older couple there and they're like the sweetest people in the world and um so it, it, he was uh he was saying something to to Kate, and she and she said, "Stop talking right now to me." <laughs> and you know that that's your first reaction, right? You like laugh when you hear these things. Like as a parent, you laugh in on the inside, but then you're like, "Oh shoot!" And then you're like, "No, yeah." You, we, like, and so we, and so when Erica, when Erica gets on to her, she'll she'll cry or whatever, and she'll go to Erica. Mm-hmm. She like wants to be loved on by Mama, and she's like. Oh, sorry you know but when i get on to her you know she starts crying and then she she and then she immediately says i want mama (laughs) like she can't she can't take it when i get on to her yeah so yeah she got in trouble and we were talking about last night eric and i was like what in the world why she is just like she is cadence is like a tiny little thing you know she looks like a newborn i mean she's she's almost four years old yep. you know her birthday's in july and she's just a little bitty stick a dynamite man she is a dynamo and she's always just saying these crazy things you know and like yeah apparently this guy's just having a conversation with her and she says stop talking to me right now <laughs> and we're like <laughs> oh gosh and so isaac was in there isaac's our 12 yeah. year old and isaac pulled over there and said Listen, we do not talk like that to yeah to a, adult, and she and so she says, um, I know that he was talking to me that way, and Isaac said, No, he wasn't. Cadence, you're lying, 
you know, and then so whatever. But she <laughs> she's a mess, man. She's oh, a mess. Man. We have a million cadence stories. She's always doing something. I always, I like your your cadence impressions too. Like <laughs> I, I, you, you do a good yeah. cadence yeah. impression. Yeah, she has it. She my, has it. My favorite one is is with is your I farted. I farted. <laughs> she has a tough time with her R's and W's. She farted. Yeah, I, and she yeah she she'll fart and then she'll say I farted, and then we'll say okay, okay, so that's not ladylike, you know. And then she'll do it. and She says I farted again. So, yeah. Oh, oh boy, that kid is something else. She's a mess. It's gonna be fun to watch her grow up and just see like. What, wow. what her personality is as she becomes like a teenager. And stuff. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. Hopefully she mellows good, out a little good bit. Good luck, eh? bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully she mellows out a little bit. Wow. Yeah. We'll ship her down to the States to live with the grandparents. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. you go. Let mama and papa. Let mama take, and papa take, take, take care <laughs> see, of that. See what they can do. Yeah. But yeah, grandparents, I mean, I don't think we have any. Well, we probably have some grandparent listeners. Uh, but Oh, we do. Grandparents are incredible. They are. But they are not big into discipline. No, they're big into giving candy oh, and Lord. gifts and kisses. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But um but I will say this, Erica's mom does a good job. She'll uh, Maul will say, No, we don't do that, you know, and she corrects herself. Paul Paul could care less. Like he's just like, oh yeah, he just laughs at her. Yeah. So, you know, like if she would have said that to somebody in front of him, he'd probably just laugh at it, you know, probably <laughs> wouldn't even get on to her, yeah. you know. So I yeah. I, I guess you know, as grandparents, you're like, ah, I'm not in. I don't want to discipline. I did yeah, all you're that. You're kind of done with that. You yeah. just want the. You just want the the good side of 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 raising children, yeah. right? Like the fun part. Yeah. The problem is, is when parents. The problem is when parents have a grandparent mindset. Mindset. That's mm. the real problem. That's true. When they're yeah. like, we're just gonna give them everything they want, and you know, you only get them once. Yeah. Yeah, and you're doing a terrible job, so stop it. Yeah. <laughs> she give them something else. Yep, spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah, that's right. right. We um, need to do more sermon series on spanking kids in Toronto. That, man, that's what we really need. I ever tell you the story about the guy who came here from? Um, he came. He planted like six months. He was here from the south, and he um, he uh, was preaching, and he he's talking about how we need to spank our kids. You got to spank those kids sometimes. Sometimes you just got to spank them. <laughs> <laughs> like the planner was telling his story and said like everybody in the audience was just like mortified. Yeah. Like, I can't believe it. That way he was saying Cause it. people up here see that and they think you're a child abuser. Well, yeah, I mean not all of them, but, but yeah, a lot of them, lot of them don't agree in spanking and stuff. So yeah. yeah, it's a touchy subject. It is a touchy subject. Yeah. Well, man, we're going to talk uh, a little bit today about keeping score, about how God doesn't keep score like we do. Yeah. Um, I actually talked a little, a little bit about this at the uh, at the Sin Toronto gathering we had, and so I thought it'd be good just to kind of share share this with our listeners because I think it's something that is important. And I, this has also been on my mind because I um, I just read a book by Jared Wilson uh, called Gospel Driven Church that yeah. was really good. Uh, and he talks he talks a lot about this. He, I think like the subtitle of the book is like the metrics of grace mm. or something like that. And um, it was just a really I, I kind of thought at first that it was going to be you know uh, another one of those books that kind of says the same thing that I feel like I hear all the time. Yeah. It was actually really unique, and he had a lot of uh, he had a lot of really good things to say. It was really challenging. Um, so, but I, I um, the reason that this kind of came up is that um, I was. Uh, I was telling the story about we had a guy um, who got saved in our church who was an immigrant from um, a, a country in North Africa that's a, a Muslim country that's a closed country, 
and he got saved at our church. Uh, it was a really cool, you know, just story to watch it happen and, mm-hmm. and, and to see how God changed his heart. And then, um, he, uh, actually the, the, the person that brought him to our church, um, spoke French and heard him speaking French. Uh, and, um, so she invited him and, and he ended up coming and, and he ended up coming to a small group and him and I started meeting, uh, and reading the Bible together and he ended up giving his life to Christ. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but basically what happened after he, after he got baptized and all that stuff, uh, he ended up, uh, deciding he was going to move to Toronto and we're in Oshawa about 40 minutes away. And he started, uh, I was just kind of worried cause it just seemed like he was kind of drifting away and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I was kind of like, okay, here we go again. You know, like, you know, I've seen disciples fall away before doing this. It's, you know, and so you're just kind of, um, uh, I don't know. I think sometimes you can, you can get into this place where you can almost expect the worst, yeah, you know, and you just yeah. kind of assume like, well, you know, I've seen this story. And so, but I was praying for him and, you know, and I was, uh, I was, you know, praying that, you know, he, God would finish what he'd started in him and, uh, basically what ended up happening is he responded to an ad on Kijiji, which is like Canada's Craigslist yeah. uh, for a room for rent. Well, it turns out that the ad was put up by a, a, a lady who's a follower of Jesus, an evangelical Christian, which is like seeing a unicorn in Toronto, <laughs> um, you know, because there's not very many followers of Jesus. And right. she rents out. She's got a couple of homes that she rents rooms to to international students um, as kind of a ministry. Yeah. And so he, he rents this room and she finds out that he's, you know, uh, converted to Christianity and she's like, Oh my gosh. And, uh, she says, well, you know, Hey, I'm going to take you to church. And so she said, we, we live right next to one. And so, uh, she takes him to church and it's a, a church called Trinity life. Yeah. Uh, and we, Trinity life is actually a send network church plant. And we know the pastor, yeah. uh, Mike Seaman there at Trinity life. And so out of all the places that this, this guy, uh, ends up, he, he responds to this ad by a Christian, a follower of Jesus yeah. who happens to live literally like right next to a, a, a NAM church plant. Who's like-minded with us where I know that he can get discipled and pretty it was just, uh, it really was incredible. And it was like, just so it's a cool God story. It is a cool God story. And and the part that I forgot to, to tell too, is that the, the person who brought him to the church actually ended up like leaving the faith. And yeah. like is, you know, is, has, is not walking with the Lord now. And so I, I, I told this story just to kind of make the point that like we, we wouldn't have drawn it up this way. Right. Like this would not have been our plan. Right. Um, you know, like obviously the way I would have drawn it up is that they would both still be at our church and yeah. following Jesus and continue to make disciples. But that's not how God did it. And I think it's tempting to kind of look at this and go, well, this was a net loss for our church. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, especially before we found out everything that happened. Uh, with how he got connected with the church down in Toronto. Yeah. So, anyways, Pretty incredible. Yeah, it is. So, um, you know, but I, I kind of I just wanted to, to to share that story with our listeners, uh, just because one of the things that 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 story kind of taught me is and just reminded me is that it's um, like it's really not about growing our church and it's not about growing our ministry. And I think a lot of times we can almost come become yeah. territorial over our disciples, you know? Yeah. Like I've been investing in this guy, you Absolutely. know, and, and like, and, and we can almost get like bitter upset when they yeah. like move on or leave. Yeah. And so, yeah. It's the same thing we do with like, um, we just people in general, you know, it's like, um, people say, well, how do I multiply a church? Well, you got to live open handed. Mm-hmm. It's like, we don't own people. You don't own, you don't own leaders. You don't own, 
whoever. I mean, you know, you, you have to be willing to say, um, these, these are God's people, not mine. So it's a, I just love that story. It's an incredible God story. It is. Yeah, so the kind of the thought that spawned off of that that story is um, is the is, and I guess kind of the, the way that I would phrase it is that uh, God didn't ask us to build a church for him. Yeah, amen. that's kind of what I told the the church planners that I was talking to the other day is that God didn't ask you to build a church for him. Um, I was thinking about Second Samuel chapter seven, where uh, David um, tells Nathan the prophet that he wants to build a house for the Lord. He wants to build a temple yeah. uh, for the Lord, and God basically responds uh, to David by saying, "Hey, look, you know, I took you out. Uh, you were just like a little shepherd boy, mm-hmm. and you were the least in all of your father's household. I literally took you out of the pasture and I put you in the position you're in. I gave you everything I." have. I don't need you to build a house for me. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't need you to do something for me or, uh, or anything like that. Like I've given you everything you have. And I think that God could say the same thing to us, you know, like God doesn't need us to build a church for him. He's not wanting us to, to try to build a church for him. He, he wants our hearts, right? Yeah. He wants us. Um, he wants, uh, he wants us to abide in him and, uh, and to be satisfied in him and to worship him, yeah. Um, not to build him a church, but I think that it's so easy for us to slip in this mindset where we feel like, you know, we need to to do these things for God. And why do you think that is? Like, what? Why is it that we slip into this mindset where we feel like we need to build a church for God? I think, I think there's a lot of different reasons for that, but I, I think the primary one is we don't we don't have a a, a clear understanding of the assignment. You know, we don't have a clear understanding of, uh, and when I say assignment, I don't even mean like to plant churches, to be a missionary, to be a pastor, whatever. Our assignment as followers of Christ is to obey Jesus. Our our assignment as followers of Christ is to daily abide in Him, rest in Him, um, you know, experience His love, experience His joy, experience the 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 the, the fruit of the Spirit, experience Him the way that He's designed us to you know he he's restored us he's redeemed us and so church planting actually when we're doing it the right way ministry in general just like let's put church planting up on the shelf for a minute and just say ministry in general if you're listening to this ministry in general is a result of the overflow of our relationship with jesus Mm -hmm. so what happens is if we don't have a clear understanding of the assignment then we'll it's like in the military you're in the military i was in the military you get assignments, you get orders. You know, when, when I was in the Marine Corps and I got orders to a new duty station, I couldn't just cross out. Well, no, I don't want to go to Quantico. I want to go to uh, Camp Pendleton. Yeah. You know, we, you're not allowed to do that, obviously. And if you do, you, you, you get arrested, <laughs> right? You go to the brig. So, so like, so we try to change the assignment. The assignment is not to plant churches. The assignment is not to go to India. The assignment is not to shepherd or pastor, whatever it is. The assignment really is to be connected with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then out of that overflow relationship, everything else happens. It's like preaching is a great example. Everybody was so I want to become a great preacher. I want to preach. I want to do this. Da, 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 da. So we read all these books on preaching. We go to workshops on preaching and all that stuff's good. But if you're not right with God, if you're not, the greatest preaching comes from the overflow of your relationship with Jesus. Yep. So, so you know, how did these guys back in the day, how did they preach t- some of them 20 times a week? Where they were sitting there writing out sermons? Mm-hmm. Of course not. 
They're preaching out of the overflow. And so we minister out of the overflow. And when we're not, when we don't understand the kingdom assignment of being connected properly to Jesus vertically, then everything else horizontally just gets really messed up. Yep. And so then we try to change the metrics. We try to, we, we find, and that's where idols come from. That's where our, our value, our worth comes from. All that, all that nasty stuff, man, that's not of God. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that we, you know, we default towards um, kind of a works righteousness mindset yeah. where, you know, we, you know, okay, I'll, I'll do this for God and God will do this for me. Mm. I think it's, you know, this can really sneak up on you that, um, you know, it's just so easy for church planting. Uh, you know, last week's episode uh, where we talked to, to Dino and and he yeah. he said something along the lines of basically like, that, um, you know, we can really make a God out of church planting, mm-hmm. you know, and we can make an idol out of it absolutely, um, and begin to begin to serve it, you know, and it can start to almost like run our lives and yeah. we become, um, I think one of the dangers is that we can become like, uh, when, when our expectations aren't met, uh, and you know, we start thinking, well, I'm trying to do this for God. And so, you know, if I'm, I'm doing the right things, I'm praying and, you know, I'm sharing the gospel and, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting coached. I'm getting trained and stuff like that. Yeah. Then God will do his part and he will, <clears throat> you know, uh, grow my church yeah. and he will, you know, we'll see people get baptized and, and all this stuff. And it doesn't always happen like that. No. Um, it, you know, sometimes you can do all the right things and you might not get the results that you're expecting. Yeah. And what happens is that then when that takes place, if you're, if you're putting all your eggs in that basket of like wanting to see, you know, numerical results or something, you're going to get bitter. Yeah. Towards God, you're going to get bitter towards the people you're trying to reach. Yeah. Um, you know, you may even start, may even start to like erode your faith. Absolutely. Well, you know, we preach, we preach a, rightfully so, we preach a grace-based salvation. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you know, we're justified based, to your point, we're justified with God, the eternal father, mm-hmm. not based on anything that we've done, but because of what the son has done yeah. on the cross. So we're justified through the atoning blood of Jesus. That's mm-hmm. it. Period. No questions asked. No. Well, maybe we do that. No, nothing. My, the only way I can stand before a holy God is because of the holy Christ. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what we just celebrated in Easter. That the death, burial, resurrection. That's it, man. So we preach that week in and week out. But then how do we live our lives? Yep. We don't live our lives with a grace-based, we're justified. We, we live our lives in, in a works mode. Mm-hmm. And so the danger of that is it will, it, will, it will pervert or twist the gospel in our minds. And then also the, the, the real danger in it as well is when we're planting churches, we think, well, I do this, God has to do that. Yep. And that's so dangerous because mm-hmm. God doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't owe us anything. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. are there principles in Scripture where when we walk in obedience that God blesses? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, are there principles in Scripture when we refuse to do certain things? God won't bless. Yes, absolutely. However, we can't meddle in God's business. Mm-hmm. There's that word meddle. You know, in, I think it's like in. E T T L E or something like that. I don't know how you spell it. I'm might, butch- be, might be D. Yeah, I think it is D. M E D D. I'm butchering. I'm from Oklahoma, but but I think metal is there is a word, but it's yeah, a, it's a different meaning than the one you're thinking of. But you know, we try to get into God's business. Yeah, it's like you know, um, we I, that's not my job. My job's not to get into God's business. I'm not in charge of the results. I'm I don't get to 
I don't get to fix the numbers. You know, it's like all this, all this controversy down in the States over the past two, three years of the election and all this nonsense, you know, and fixing the election was election fixed and all this stuff, you know, like I don't, we don't get to try to fix the, uh, the results, Mm -hmm. you know, we, and that's, and that's the, that's the pitfall of what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. We think we can fix the results. Mm -hmm. If I do everything right, if I have an incredible team and I teach them how to make disciples and the da, 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 da. We see all throughout the scripture where people did a lot of things right. David's a great example. Did a lot of things right. Dude went off the rails, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, God redeemed him for his glory, but we're not promised like this fantastic church if we just do step one through 10. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've really bought into that and it becomes dangerous. And we can, and what I, I think one of the things that I've seen a lot is that we can we'll try to change the language without changing, uh, I guess the paradigm through which we're looking and we'll think that, okay, now we're operating in grace because we're talking with grace based language. So yeah. what I mean by that is we'll go, Oh, we're not counting attendance numbers anymore. We're taught, we're, we're yeah. counting much more spiritual things like yeah. baptisms and, you know, you know, things like that. So, yeah. so those you know, surely God wants more baptisms, right? And, and it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting baptisms. I'll no, circle back that, to that in a second, but we'll start counting, you know, those types of things. And then, uh, we'll, we'll also think we're more spiritual cause we're not, well, we're not, we're not depending on our, our church planning methodologies or marketing or things like that to yeah. try to bring in the numbers. We're, we're, we're depending on prayer and we're depending on you know, like yeah. humility and getting yeah. coaching, and, but you can still use prayer, something like prayer to try to create a transaction in which God gives you the baptisms you want. If right. you do the praying that he wants, that is not grace. No, that's right. And, 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 you know, and, and I know like our listeners listening to this and like, listen, there's, there's a real tension with this conversation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I know this much, I know I, I, I wrestle with this. I know according to the word of God, if I refuse to pray and I refuse to get on my knees, God won't move. That's right. Like, I know that. I can I can look at church planner eyes and tell him that. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you're not p- praying, you're not sharing the gospel, God's not going to move. And, and, and people say, well, well, he's sovereign. Of course he is. But his His means and his methods is through man's mm-hmm. hands and feet. Yep. So, you know, you, you bring up the baptisms. Like, I, I like. People listen to say, well, like, why would God, we're not saying, like, I know the heart of the Father. He Mm -hmm. wants people to be baptized. Mm -hmm. He says that he longs for none to perish. Like, he wants people to be saved. Mm -hmm. I know that. But what we're talking about is that if I do this, then God has to do that. And that gets, that's where the danger lies. Because then when God doesn't work, because he's God and you're not, Mm -hmm. when God, see. Or on your timing. Or on your timing. See, maybe, maybe you're not ready for God to do what he wants to do in your life. Because if he blew up your church plan, he, your your head would get just as big. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to allow that yet because you're not spiritually mature enough yet to and Maybe to the universe that. is bigger than you and your church. And maybe there's things going <laughs> yeah. on far outside of your understanding yeah. that you could never comprehend. You know? So there's all kinds of peripheral conversations connected to this conversation. Yeah. You know, we, we, when we're, when we're, that's why we started this network. When we're isolated, when we're doing our own thing, when, when, when we think we're the only show in town, it will give us a narrow view of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And when, you know what? Can I honestly say that in our, if Fellowship Pickering 
is only running X amount of people or only having so many baptisms. Can I look at another church? Can I look at Fellowship Oxford? Can I look at Rouge Park? Can I look at Boneville? I say, man, they, they baptized 50 people the past six months. Can I genuinely be excited? Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. we're all on the same team. Yeah. And I'll even push you even further. Can I look at a Payock church, a Pentecostal Assembly of Canada church? Can I look at a can I look at a Lutheran church? Can I look at a Methodist church? Can I look at a church that's reaching people for the gospel and for the, with the gospel for the glory of God and be just as excited? Absolutely. Would I do everything that they do? Absolutely not. No. But I can celebrate with them because our because you know our the kingdom is so much bigger than our own thing. Mm-hmm. And so this this conversation is such a vital conversation in church planning yeah. uh, because there's guys that are, I mean, liter- I talk to guys monthly who feel like they are failing or feel like they're dis they're they're not doing it the right way. Right. And who's to say they're not? Yeah. Well, and like as as great as baptisms are, you know, as great as even as great as, you know, like a growing church is, you know, like yeah. like there's nothing inherently wrong with your church growing, but your church growing is not evidence of a healthy church. Yeah. It could be part of you know, the, the fruit of a healthy church, but in and of itself, it's, it's not evidence of a healthy church. And even baptisms aren't because I was, yeah. I've been a part of a church before that would run people through a baptisms like, yeah. a, like a mill, right? Like yeah. there was no counseling, nothing. It was mm. like, they would just bring the tank out. Hey, yeah. you want to be baptized? Come on down. And then they would, you know, we baptized 250 people today. Yeah. Well, you know, like how many of those people are walking with the Lord? You know, how many of those people were born again? So it's, yeah. those things are, I and, forgot where I was going with no, that. Methods, you know, methods and, I mean, like, we were having this conversation yesterday with a group of leaders, you know, um, you know, there's all these, uh, take your church from uh, one, fi- you know, the plateaus are like at 50. Breaking the 200 barrier. 100, I forget what they are. But this this guy was, the leaders talking about like, wanting to take his church from like 150 to 300 and they hired a consulting guy or was going to whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying I'm not I'm not against any of that stuff. You know, I'm for I'm for you if you're trying to advance the kingdom. What what I'm saying is this, I because I do believe there are certain ways that we do things that will inhibit growth and will inhibit discipleship and all those kinds of things. If I don't know those systems, okay? I, just as a caveat, I don't know, I've never been through one. I don't know them. I'm not endorsing it. I'm not against it. But what I what I am against is to say Okay, if you want to get from this number to that number, then you got to do this, this, and this. And you might get those numbers, you might get those people in, but at what at what cost are you doing that? You know, at what what are you using man's methods or are you using the spirit's methods? And so I would just say think through think through all of that because the reason why I bring that stuff up is because when you back to our point. God doesn't keep score like we do. So if your church isn't hitting a certain mark, you don't, I, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that just says, you know, it's like, well, you're just doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, here, I'm going to, I'm going to just drop this crazy, crazy thought into our listeners' minds. Maybe God doesn't intend for you to be a big church. Mm. Like, what? yeah, maybe God intends for you to be a church on mission that multiplies. I mean, you know, that, that raises up leaders yep. since I, I mean, mm-hmm. isn't there a place at the table for those churches? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, 
Every church is Most different. Most churches are not big churches. No. Like 95% of churches are not I mean, big I think it's one less than 1% of the mega churches in North America no. represent the overall evangelical escape. Yeah. But but we chase but back to our point of God doesn't keep score like we do. We chase that stuff, man. And we and, and I think at times if we're not careful, we'll we'll compromise mm-hmm. yeah. to get to that. Yeah, we will. And to do those things. Well, we have to be careful that though is going we talk about pendulum swings all the mm-hmm. time on this uh, podcast we've got to be careful to say oh you know if you're growing you're doing it the wrong way right. if you're having a bunch of baptisms that's not it's not you're not really baptizing real converts because we also the bible also teaches us that if our faith is two-sided we shouldn't ask for anything right <laughs> you know because it's sure. it's not gonna make any difference right well that's why it's important for you know again for listeners to hear that there's nothing inherently wrong with baptisms and your church growing you know no we want that stuff yeah like that's that's course but if if that becomes like the the metrics of success if that's what we're using you know that's what we mean by god doesn't keep score like you do if that's your scorecard and that's what you are shooting for then you are going to find yourself in the very unfortunate situation of look, you're going to come to the end of your life and look back and realize that you've done much of what you've done in vain yeah. because you were, you were, you were aiming at the wrong target the entire time yeah. of your, for your entire ministry. And like, what a shame that would be. Um, well, a yeah. great example of this is we're coming off of Easter. Mm-hmm. And so, um, how many, I've, I've heard like at least two, I think three times since Easter last Sunday this week, of people saying, without giving us your numbers, share something exciting that happened on Easter. That statement right there tells you the drift of where we've gone. Yeah, we because we when people most time people talk about Easter's and Easter's the Easter's when you, people talk about Easter, you, you share with your partners. What do you start with? We had X amount of people, and yep. you know, and I don't think there's anything bad with that stuff. Listen to me, I don't. There's nothing wrong. We keep attendance. We keep numbers. I we do those things. I think you should know those things. I think healthy things grow. I like if we are not baptizing, we're not baptizing anybody. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason why you're not baptizing anybody. You're not in the harvest. No, because Christ has promised that He wants to save people. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, but what we're what we're advocating for, what we're saying is, don't find your worth in those things. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that yep. the heart of this po- episode? Yep. We're saying don't get your value in worth because if you get your value and worth in the success, you're going to get your value and worth in the failure. Yeah, That's when depression comes. That's when pastors take their own lives mm-hmm. because they have a, they have a misunderstanding of the, the kingdom assignment. They have a misunderstanding of the gospel and that's when it gets really bad yeah. and dark. Yeah. I think that, and, and it's also not about like avoiding the wrong, you know, metrics, but it's about, it's about seeing the right ones. Yeah. You know, so uh, I guess, you know, before we kind of wrap this episode up, uh, kind of want to talk about what what you think the metrics that actually matter are. You know, yeah. if it's not just baptism numbers alone and attendance yeah. numbers alone, what what is it? What really does matter to God when it comes to um, measuring whether we're making an impact in the kingdom? God has been teaching me so much lately and it's all centered around obedience the word obedience teaching them to obey mm. in the great commission before he he goes back to the right hand throne of thought he's on this earth we've been doing family worship time the past uh, couple weeks we've been talking about you know leading up to Easter and everything the time christ was he can't when he he rose from the grave he came back he's on the earth for 40 days what did he talk about the most the kingdom, kingdom. Yep. 
the kingdom of God. How does the kingdom of God advance? Through obedience. Through obedience. Dying to self. Dying to self. That's the metrics. You say, well, how do you measure that? See, we measure numbers and we measure giving and we measure this because they're easy metrics. Yeah. We can easily see how many heads. We can easily see how much money. We can easily see how many small groups, whatever. What I would suggest is the primary metrics we have to go back to is going to happen in relationship. It's gonna. That's how churches are going to grow. That's how they were always intended to grow. Not through uh, methods of, you know, like, I mean, yeah, we do Facebook ads. We do that stuff. But as soon as we get people into the life of our church, we try to build relationships right away. Mm-hmm. And so I would say start with relationships. Yep. Start with discipleship relationships. Um, are, are your people sharing the faith? Do they, are they aware of their spiritual makeup, their spiritual gifts? Mm-hmm. Are, are they serving inside of your church? You know, are, are they serving outside of the church? One of the things that I've, I've been really proud of over the past 18 months at Fellowship Pickering is we've really been able to start to get people to, on mission in some ways, to serve and, and to see that. And it's, takes, it's taken a long time, and you don't stop ever banging that drum. But those are the things I think you measure. How many people, what are the ratios of people who are engaged in the mission of your church? Mm-hmm. Not just coming on a Sunday, you know, but the, you know, I think small groups are a great metric. You know, how many people are getting together, you know, to pray, to read the word, to confess sin, doing those things with, with one another. Mm. Um, how many people are obeying, sharing the gospel, making disciples? Yep. You know. I, I and I, I I don't remember who said this, but I always am have have been a firm believer that uh, I think it was Spurgeon that said something about this that like you can tell how how um, popular a church is by how many people come on Sunday morning. You can tell how popular God is by how many people show up to the prayer meeting. Prayer meeting, and um, that's a so great metric, that's by a, the way. It's a great metric, like how many yeah. people come to your prayer time. Yep, yep. You know, I mean, that's a that's a great metric. Um, you know, and to be frank, it's something we've struggled with. At Fellowship Pickering, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we have people who are prayer warriors, mm-hmm. but getting them for specific times to pray is challenging. Yep. And we're looking at how to do some things differently. We used to do, I think it's a logistical thing with us, actually. We used to do, you know how it is here. I mean, mm-hmm. anything you ask people to do before the worship hour is can be challenging, you know. Like coming on time. <laughs> like coming on time, you know, yeah. all those kinds of things. It was funny this past Sunday, you know, when you have a lot of guests, it's, it's like... um the guests are the ones that show up on time. Yep. And you're like, man, if we could just get our regulars here. They could they could just be, they could greet the regulars. Yeah. But you know what we used to do? This is back, I think, when you and Jen were doing your residency with us. We used to pray like every month and we would have like a, a, yep. a prayer gathering and we would go to somebody's home locally. Mm-hmm. That thing would be packed, you yeah, know? It was. I um, so I think just kind of looking at, but those are good metrics mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yep. Christ tells us to go and make disciples. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I think the the word that you use to summarize it though is obedience is is a great way to kind of sum it up, right? Yeah. Is it you know like ultimately you know all those things you mentioned fall under the umbrella of obedience? You know, yeah. like are you are you you know committed to prayer? Are you sharing the gospel? Are you serving? Uh, you know all that stuff, and then you know obviously like the fruit of the spirit. Is there a you know is there a, a growing and an increasing like love for God and yeah. for His Word and um you know but if there is an increasing you know uh, love for God and, and, a, and, a, and a peace 
uh, that's found in the gospel and a joy that comes from intimacy with God, that's mm. going to overflow into obedience. Yeah. Which is why I think obedience is kind of a great umbrella to kind of yeah. uh, put everything under. So we have all these, you know, like, oh, I don't have time to do discipleship relationship. We call it stages, you know, in our network. We don't have time to have to meet up for stages. I don't have time to serve. I don't have time to do this. Well, those are all idols. Yeah. You've got, I guarantee you got time for Netflix. I guarantee you got time to meet up with a friend, do whatever you want to. Mm -hmm. It it gets back to obedience, the spirit's power. That's how we change the score. In my opinion, Mm -hmm. you know, the, we got to get back to the heart of the father. And here's the crazy part. All the things that we always want, the baptisms, the, the, the the growth, that stuff happens when we're obeying. Mm -hmm. Just for the most part, it happens. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, you know, you, I thought you just said it doesn't always happen. I'm not saying it always happens. I'm not saying that. But when you go back and you track movements, mm-hmm. you know, Charles Spurgeon, that basement was packed with people on their knees crying out for God to move mm-hmm. the whole time he was preaching. That gets talked about far less than the than the thousands that he preached to, yeah. you know. Um, but when we walk in obedience, the things that our flesh longs for, some that we see, we get the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. We want the numbers and all that stuff without obedience yeah. and leading our people to obey. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that you're guaranteed those numbers. I'm not saying you're guaranteed their growth because you're not. Mm-hmm. But I, I, when we look at movements, we look at what God's done. We see that those people were obeying before yeah. that stuff came. Yeah. So it's good stuff today, man. Uh, well. Well, thank you guys, our listeners, to listen into this week's episode on In the Trenches. You can uh, always head over to our website, www.getinthetrenches.com, and there you can find links to other episodes, and uh, and, and uh, also you can contact Matt and I if you have any questions. You can always reach out to us. Our email address is in the show notes. Uh, make sure that you head on over to iTunes or Google Play and Stitcher and subscribe if you haven't done that before, and uh, we are on Spotify as well. Uh, so for those of you who are Spotify fans, you can find us on there. And if you haven't done so, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a, a written review, that really helps increase uh, the exposure that we have so that planters, church planters can find our podcast when they're searching for church planning podcasts on the different platforms. So that really help uh, out a lot just to get this podcast into the hands of more uh, people who could benefit from it. Um, we're going to be back next week with another episode of In the Trenches. So until then, go out there. <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> wow, that was a rough ending. I'm kind of sputtering to the finish line. Yeah, I'm gonna, you got to quit. <laughs> give up those cigs, little buddy. Uh, no, I'm kind of sputtering to the finish line. Anyways, as I was saying, until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planners. Church planners.